All right, you guys would bear with me for just a moment. I want to give creds to one of my mentors in life, Phil Buchanan. On Monday of this week, inspired me to remember what's happening on this special day for all the veterans that are here. So I wanted to read this in honor of our veterans. And some of you guys know I'm also a veteran. Hua, go Army, Marines. On Veterans Day, it was originally known as, does anybody know? Armistice Day. Exactly. Celebrated at the end of World War I, which concluded with major hostilities on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. So that's 11 a.m. on November 11th of 1918. Now, in 1945, World War II veteran Raymond Weeks of Birmingham, Alabama, sought to expand Armistice Day to celebrate all veterans, not just those of World War I. General Dwight D. Eisenhower got behind this idea as president. Eisenhower, on May 26, 1954, signed the bill officially recognizing Veterans Day. Now, according to the U.S. government, the term veteran means a person who served in the active military, naval, or air force, who has discharged or released therefrom under conditions that are other than dishonorable. When a man or a woman enlists for military service, there are likely many motivating factors. There's also the stark realization that at some point in the future, they can be called to enter into combat to literally put their lives on the line in defense of our country, our freedoms, and their fellow servicemen. Phil goes on to talk about how he had the privilege of meeting a Medal of Honor recipient. I've had the privilege, some of you guys have probably had the privilege of meeting Medal of Honor recipients. I've yet to meet one that was prideful. Matter of fact, I've met, I've met them so much where they're like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about the guys that served alongside me. And many times it was the men that had lost their lives and gave the ultimate sacrifice. Phil goes on to talk about when a man like Joe walks in the room who did three tours, a wonderful thing to see and say to Joe is thank you. Just a simple thank you. So let today be a memory of that. When you see a veteran, just say thank you. And beyond that, maybe this week, every day this week, if you see a veteran or know a veteran, buy him a cup of coffee, buy him lunch, buy him dinner, and just say, hey man, this one's on me. And I just want to thank you for what you did for my family, for my country, for all the veterans in the room. Raise your hand. I'm one. Thank you guys. Thank you, guys. Dave, you're going to come up and introduce our speaker. I'm uber excited about this speaker this morning. This gentleman, he gave me something really special a couple of weeks back. And he said, hey, I don't want to offend you or anything, but I've got something really cool for you. And he gave me a bourbon bottle. I'm like, that doesn't offend me, bro. That excites me. I love that. And so thank you, Aaron, for that gift. That was really cool. Thank you. Me too. And again, just like David said, thank you to our veterans. It made me kind of think about uh, when he's mentioned Dwight Eisenhower, graduate of West Point Academy. The They call it the uh, the academy where the stars fell upon all the graduates there. And there's a really cool story when we talk about shape. At nine years old, he said he was fishing with his best friend. While they're fishing on the bank, Dwight, uh, Dwight said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And his friend said, when I grow up, I'm going to be the president of the United States. And he said, well, I guess neither one of us got our wish. Think about that. So his shape was something completely different. I get the opportunity to introduce Aaron today. Aaron Smith has been with us. I think he's been here four years now or five at the Iron Men of God. I'm so excited for him to be here today because we've got a 
chance to work on his presentation. And three things. We're talking about our shape. We're talking about leaving our mark. And I think I mentioned last week, Tom spoke a couple weeks ago. I got a chance to speak to you guys last week and then Aaron today. And all three of us have since retired from the Orange County Sheriff's Office. And all three of us were on the SWAT team at one time or another. So I think it's just uh, such a great legacy for Aaron to come up here today. Aaron is married to his wife, Lenore. They have a bunch of dogs as kids. I never know when I come to the house how many dogs are going to be there because it seems like they're always adopting another dog that's coming in. And again, excited for him to be here today. I know a couple years back, Aaron, when you sat over in that table right there, we would be talking about scripture and he's like, how do you guys know scripture? I don't know. And I would just tell him every single day, read your Bible every day, read your Bible every day. And what happens today, he knows his scripture, right? And I'm excited for him to come up here and talk to you about shape, talk to you about leaving our mark, which is our actually mission this month. So Aaron, come on up. Let me pray too. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day and thank you for this man right here. I sure am uh, looking forward to hearing him today and thank you for his heart and his desire to serve you. Lord, thank you for our veterans that are in here today. We're just so blessed and so grateful in a nation that sometimes they think uh, they're forgotten, but they certainly are not forgotten. They are giving us our freedom in our life each and every day. They're one of the reasons that we're here this morning on Friday mornings. We praise you and we bless you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Here you go. Good morning, good morning. So I'll apologize if my voice cracks a little bit sometimes. You know, it's blessed to be here among y'all. For me to stand up here and talk to a bunch of men that when you look across the room, the average age is probably a lot, a little bit older than me. And it's always humbling because in law enforcement, you know, normally you're talking to a bunch of guys that don't want to listen to you. There's nothing worse than talking to somebody that already thinks they know everything that you're about to talk about. And that's cops. And, you know, and it's funny, we, you know, we, we do. So it, it's, I've been blessed, and as Dave said, it's an honor to stand up here and talk to y'all. I've got my master's degree from UCF. I've done my undergraduate work there. I've done every a lot of different things, but to stand up, none of it represented Christ. You know, I've dug swimming pools. I've done every dirty job there was, but I never honored God. So to stand up here in front of you men, it is a blessing. Amen, and thank you. One of the one things that did teach me eight years in the military, military reserves, and law enforcement is, you know, we always have mission plans, goals, operation plans, and there's always a beginning and the end. You know, today, I'm going to try to incorporate all that into this. We got 10 minutes. I apologize. We're going to go a little quick. As Dave said, you know, our goal, our mission today for my topic, and I apologize, I take notes because I see squirrels and go the opposite way. We talked about leaving your mark, and as Dave said last week, I, I don't necessarily think it's leaving your mark. I think it's what the mark that we're leaving for God. I've done a lot of things in my life, and I don't mean to brag. I've been on the SWAT team. I've been a fugitive apprehension unit. I've been a supervisor. I've worked for FDLE, and I've worked major crimes, homicides. And at the end of the day, we're looking at what does all that mean and what does all that matter? And what I'm going to try to tie in is our shape, these mission plans, praying, reading the Bible, and loving all tie into an end goal, which I think is Matt from Matthew. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And how do we get to that point and what does it mean we come back up here and we have the, the shape and i apologize some of y'all can't see it you're looking at the back of it we talked about over the la- over the last year you know our spiritual gifts god's given you our heart that's god given you to glorify him abilities our personality and our experiences all those are combined just like all of us are combined to work in god's name we want to work as a unit like the body works you know i'm going to start off reading corinthians unfortunately i hope y'all like it because that's the chapter i've been reading this month 
or last two months. So there's going to be a lot from Corinthians. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices it. And for some reason, that just spoke to me. As Christians, as Christian men, as a group, we have to work together. Because if just like in the military and a business, if the parts are not working together, everyone fails. So as we back up, it, it says, so how do we as Christians work towards hearing, well done, my good and faithful servant? Because I'll be honest with you, most of my life I've done it wrong. You know, when we when we talk about living a Christian life, I would tell you I was a Christian, but I didn't pray. I'd never read my Bible until I was 40 and loving, you know, was done in the wrong way. We'll put it that way. And when I say that, you know, reading the Bible, even when I did read the Bible, I read it to read it because I said, well, I'm a Christian. Why haven't I read this book that everybody tells me the roadmap? It wasn't until Dave Ogden challenged me to a 10 minute Bible read every day that I slowed down because I was not in a hurry to finish to get to the next chapter. And by the grace of God, I, I do have a good wife for who some reason loves me. Um, she bought me this nice teaching Bible, which has footnotes. And if you don't have one, I would extremely suggest getting one because it's, it's eye-opening because it gives you some history. We all, all don't have Randy Root at our table to, to give us a, an in-depth background. And if you haven't met Randy, wow, that's all I can say. And as far as praying, and I don't mean to be ugly to anybody that says it, we're Roman Catholic. And if you've ever been to a Roman Catholic church, you're taught that you don't read the Bible, that there's only the, pa- the, the, the preacher reads the Bible to you, to, and he is God's authority. So we went to Sunday school, or Sunday school, but I never learned about God's love. I was read a chapter and we went home. And so it was it was eye-opening that when I finally did read this Bible and took the time to learn that, wow, this is a roadmap to a better life. And how different would my life have been if I would have had this roadmap at a younger age? Because I'll be honest with you, I grew up in a divorced family. And when I say, when we talk about self-discipline, I'll give you two sides of a coin. And this is not to bash either one of my parents. I have a mom. She's not an American. She got her citizenship. She took eight years to get it. She raised three boys, went to school full-time, and worked full-time, and raised three boys. So you can tell that we probably had a lot of time by ourselves, and we were not good kids. And I got a father, military man, good man, hardworking man, taught me discipline and ethics and how to work hard. But he liked to drink, and he didn't know God. So you can kind of tell where that path went. I had the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And I can tell you that a lot of times I fell towards the devil's side because everybody wants to, to be their dad. These three things that we look at that when we talk about praying, reading, and loving, that I feel that are our roadmaps. You know, there are our mission statements, our goals, and our objectives. How do we implement these three things? And I went with self-discipline. The Bible talks a lot about self-discipline. The Oxford languages, if you Google it, it defines it as self-discipline as the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weakness. The ability to pursue what one thinks is right despite temptations to abandon it. But break that down. It's what you believe. I don't think this corresponds with what God and Christianity has for us because we're supposed to be doing what God believes, what the Bible says is right. And that's hard. It's easy to do the wrong thing. It's harder to do the right thing. And so, you know, I broke it, went back down to, if we talk about, back to Corinthians, I told you we're going to spend a a little bit of time on them. You know, Paul talks about the need for discipline. And it says, do you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 
Everyone com competes in the games, goes into the strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize. And I'm guilty of it as much as anybody. It's like I said, when I see a squirrel, I like to go in that direction. Being in the Bible and reading and learning to pray the right way, because even praying I did wrong. You know, growing up, my mother's always told me, you don't pray for the things that you want, you pray for other people. So I never had an open communication or dialogue with God. I never asked him what he wanted from me. I did what I knew best. I worked hard and I forced my way into it. And I can be honest with you, I stand here no longer a cop, no longer in the military, all the things I dreamed of, and I do engrave the one thing that I prayed about, I've been having fun with, the things that I wanted and I worked my butt off, I no longer do. And you know, and it's humbling now for me to know that I am at where I'm at at 49 years old, that I'm happy. I do what I want, and it's all through the grace of God. And it's all about praying and reading my Bible and the men that are in this room. Because don't forget, God put you in this room for a reason, and that's to challenge each other. Because if you don't challenge you, if Dave would not have done what he did, I'd still just be sitting here reading the Bible to read the Bible to say I was a Christian. But it's men like y'all that, that make me want to get up and do bunk bed builds and to find what I'm supposed to be doing. So I know I'm probably really close to 10. I'm going to close with the Bible verse. And don't ask me how I came up with it. I was just reading and it spoke to me. So I'm going to read it. I hope y'all get as much out of it as I got out of it. And thank you for letting me be up here. It's out of Corinthians 2. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this is all the surpassing power and from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the deaths of Jesus so that in life Jesus may also be revealed in our body. But for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is work in you. Amen. Thank you all for allowing me to be up here. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for taking the challenge to be up here. It was powerful. Men, we're going to spend the rest of the morning at our tables. So table captains, I'm going to hand the floor over to you guys.